Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Marvel's World podcast, a podcast where we speak to absolutely fascinating and amazing people, people who inspire us to chase what we love and make it our full-time job. If you like the episode, share it with your friends and give us a review on iTunes or Amazon. If you didn't, this podcast didn't happen. <laughs> I'm quiet about it. <laughs> Today, we have an absolutely awesome guest. He is an amazing man, and he is a connoisseur and he's like Gordon Ramsay is with cooking, he is with TikTok. He is Jeff Couret and he runs SC Oak, a digital marketing agency that help your brand get in front of the right people. Hello, Jeff. Hello, thanks for having me on your podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here and like, um, thanks for coming on. We're, we're interested to find out about your story and what comedians doing wrong with their TikToks. Okay. Sounds good. So how did you become like a digital marketer and what led you to digital marketing? Good question. Uh, so yeah, I've been in digital marketing about 20 years. The early days, um, I, was in, I was in college and I was trying to figure out what the hell I wanted to do with my life. And then I, um, you know, web design was kind of very interesting to me. Um, websites were just kind of coming into their own. So I was like, I want to become a web designer. Um, so I ended up getting my degree for website development, which is kind of a marketing thing, right? And like, it, it kind of sounds like a programming thing. It's kind of a marketing thing. Um, and because the reason people buy websites is because they want to uh, promote their business. So I, I kind of got into marketing that way. Okay. And it, was it just all of a sort of a happen at random or did you always have it in your mind that you wanted to do this? Um, it kind of happened randomly. Um, it's just, yeah, it just kind of happened because I was interested in the internet. I was very interested in the internet. I was very tech savvy. I was just very interested in high tech and early adopt. I was just, I'm, I'm always like an early adopter of things. So just getting in early, uh, on, on all this stuff. Um, so no, I wouldn't say it was anything that I was thinking about during high school. Although all during, during high school in the mid to late nineties, I was definitely one of the most tech savvy at my school. Um, yeah, so. Okay. And, um, so did it start off with LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and now like TikTok is the big thing of like 2020, 2019. And you're like, right, that, let's get onto TikTok. And that's how you started in the TikTok. All right. So let's talk about TikTok. So I wasn't very into social media period for many, many years. In fact, my business is called SE Oak because we do SEO, which is the idea of getting a website higher up on Google so that more people find it. Um, but since TikTok, um, TikTok gives you massive amounts of discoverability so people can understand, like people can find you a lot easier where SEO kind of has that, but it takes a lot longer. It's a lot more expensive. Um, and it was just like, it was, you know, TikTok it was very exciting to me because it's like, oh my God, like people are doing these six to 24 month SEO campaigns and they can maybe get some of these results in a matter of like weeks or months on TikTok. So uh, naturally TikTok became very exciting to me uh, just because of like the, the speed at which you can grow an audience on TikTok is unmatched. And it's the best opportunity I've seen in like 20 years in digital marketing. And so that's um, my passion comes through my videos. Um, and that's kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to explain to people who, who don't have the perspective that I have of being in this industry for so long. And also I tried to grow like a Twitch account I tried to grow a YouTube account, both very difficult. Twitch, next to impossible. YouTube, possible, but very difficult. TikTok, I'm not going to say it's easy, 
but it's the most possible, right? Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great sort of opportunity. And I've heard from like from other marketers that TikTok was even bigger, like in 2018 or 2019, it was e even easier to grow then. But would you say this year and sort of year afterwards, it's going to end up a bit like Vine? Um, I'm actually not that familiar. Like I hated Vine. I didn't use Vine at all. Um, Vine to me was annoying. I think, the, you know, just the idea of the six to seven second video, I just never could get into Vine for whatever reason, but I could very easily get into TikTok. I think there's a few reasons for that. Number one, the For You page has a really good algorithm that does a really good job of showing me stuff that I'm interested in. Um, I think, you know, that's, that's a big part of it. Um, you know, it's very addicting. It's very, I don't know. I, I never uploaded anything to Vine either. I don't know if they had like fast growth like TikTok does. But again, as somebody who wasn't even that interested in Vine, like TikTok feels natural and feels fun to me. Okay. Um one of the things, I mean, with TikTok and all social media platforms, they say you've got to find your niche. And for me, it, I mean, <laughs> it took me sort of a year to even get a realize of what sort of content I wanted to produce. I produced every sort of thing imaginable, everything in Bottlehead. And most of it was absolutely crap. But <laughs> I feel like now I've sort of found out my right sort of niche. And what would you say, once you found your niche, how do you sort of get that in front of the right people in terms of the hashtags you use? um so okay so the question is once you found your niche how do you get it in front of more people right so i think it's a good question um and the question you know the answer is it, it kind of depends it really kind of depends on the competition and what's working on tiktok for other people in your niche you know i've certainly found a lot of valuable lessons by looking at what's working for people in my niche i've had um some some original ideas explode um, so it's just, I think it's a combination of doing the things that have worked for you in the past. Some people would call this a formula. Like if you've had something that had above average success for your account, let's just say your average is 300 views, but this normally gets you 1200. Obviously you should do, do more of that. Um, you should take your niche and apply it to upcoming trends. For example, I'm just trying to think of one off the top of my head. Um, you know, really, you know, any dance, any dance can kind of be applied to a trend. Like if you're in education, you can, you can take the dance and just put little education, little tips or whatever over the dance. Um, if it's a joke, you could kind of like squeeze your niche into there a little bit. Like for example, there was some kind of, there was some kind of trend where it was like, I don't know, do like a certain exercise. And I have a client, a consulting client who's in, in basketball. So I said, well, just say like, all right, your little hook or caption could be like, oh, let's see if a 6'8 um, uh, high school um, basketball coach can do this and put a basketball under you. And then boom, that little thing has been now applied to your niche. Uh, and then the other thing is just continue to experiment. Um, so those three things, trends, experimentation, and um, just kind of do what's worked best for you in the past. Okay. Until it stops working. Of course. <laughs> and one of the things I've noticed looking at your TikTok, you, you, you posted like on, on top of that, like you should do five videos a day when you're trying something out. And how do you manage to, but you see you produce like three or four videos a day. How do you manage to produce that? Cause I'm finding it hard just to produce two or one. <laughs> yeah. So you have those big, so yeah, trying to, trying to post more. How, do, how can we stay more consistent? It's a good question. Um, for me, one of the things that I do is I make TikTok a priority in my day. So I wake up, I get my kids to school. 
I go to the gym and the first thing I do when I get to my office, my home office, as it were, is crank out a couple TikToks before I do anything else. Uh, and that way I can just, you know, I can get it over with and like feel good. Cause you know, if you, and of course I have the flexibility to do that. Um, but those, some people who have like a full-time job, you know, you, you might have to make some extra, you know, wake up extra early or whatever, however you want to do it. Just make time in the day. It was like, this is my TikTok time. Don't bother me. Leave me alone. I need to focus, crank a couple of them out. And by the way, the, the other big tip here to stay consistent, not every post has to be a swing for the fences viral hit sometimes reacting to somebody else's viral video in a duet is all you need to get like above average views for your account um or just th throw your uh hat in the ring on a trend that literally takes five minutes start to finish to to film optimize and publish you know what i mean so like i think people build up these ideas and you know they build up these things in their head really a tiktok shouldn't probably take too long the majority of the stuff on the for you page you know, was filmed probably without much effort. Um, and, and yeah, you, we do see some of the videos on the For You page look like, oh my God, it looks like it took them two days to edit that and create it and publish it. But um, there's also a lot that looked like it took them five seconds and without much thought, you know what I mean? So again, to stay consistent, don't put so much pressure on yourself. 80% satisfaction, like don't try to get to 100%. Being a perfectionist and being a TikToker is not a good match. Um, you know, you know, Unless you're like Zach King, you have that one of those accounts where it really, really matters. By the way, Zach King is like a magician, if anybody's unfamiliar, and he does all these crazy videos with crazy editing. But yeah. And often I get a sort of a mix of advice of hashtags. I get Robert Benjamin saying you've got to use a mix. And I've got other ones saying like, oh, you've got to use three hashtags and they've got to be less than 10 million if you haven't got many. And it's so one person saying this, one person saying that. I mean, what, what's, yeah. your, what's your view on sort of hashtags? How many should you use and what sort of hashtags should you use based on your niche? All right. So how many hashtags did you use? Which type of hashtags should you use? Both good questions. I think that um, generally I'm recommending people use one, two, three relevant hashtags. And I used to recommend people do more. And you, you certainly can do more. You can certainly have success doing more. But what I've been doing instead and recommending people do instead is having a call to action in their description to encourage more engagement. So here's the truth. Engagement on your video will do a lot more for your video's reach and your video's views than, um, than the right hashtags will. And yeah, you, you do want to use good relevant hashtag to what's actually in the video. So I don't recommend using trending hashtags unless they're relevant to the video. I don't recommend using hashtag FYP. But if your video is about tennis, hashtag tennis Hashtag tennis tips. And then, you know, if it's a tennis tip video, of course, if it's not, then don't put that. But uh, I'd much rather be like, when's the last time you played tennis? Question mark. Did you win? Question mark. Follow, like, and let me know. This way we're asking questions, which encourage what? Comments, right? It encourages a like. It encourages a follow. Those three things will do a lot more than like having four or five extra hashtags will. I'll also put call to actions in my video itself. In the last few seconds, you'll see it in 90% of my videos. I'll do the, I'll put the exact same thing as I have in my description. When's the last time you played tennis? Did you win? Follow, like, and let me know. Um, and so just to increase the chances that they see it. Okay. And what sort of numbers should you be targeting based on your level? Like, should you go ones with billions of views or like a couple million? I don't look at those numbers. Okay, so you just, just anything that fits what your content is rather than... 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really look at the numbers for hashtags as long as I know it's relevant. Like if, like, yeah, I think you can really bog yourself down. It's kind of a. I feel like it's kind of a not an efficient use of time to sit there and look at the hashtag numbers. Um, you know, but there are some exceptions. Like I probably wouldn't do hashtag dance. I probably wouldn't do hashtag comedy because just it's just so. You can just imagine how saturated those might be. So you know, if I, if I'm doing a dance video, I might do dad dance. I might do like old man dance or whatever i like i'm i'm not I'm, i don't feel old but to tiktok i'm old you know what i mean <laughs> like i'm 40 so um yeah yeah and <clears throat> how would you say how important is you already answered that um how important is what no you already answered that in terms oh. of like quality over quantity and you said mostly it's um yeah i would yeah just try to get to like 80 percent quality 80 percent satisfaction um you try to get to 100 percent before you know it it's taken you three hours to crank out a tiktok and that's just not sustainable especially with like th these posts have short shelf lives after a couple days most of your views let's just say after a week most of your views are there and you're not getting many more um, and yeah, the, you'll trickle views over time, but for the most part, you get most of your views in the first couple of days after you post with a few exceptions, right? Um, so don't, yeah, spending hours and hours on a TikTok might not be a good use of time unless it really pays off, in which case, some, some cases it might. Um, but if you look at like Bella Porch, M to the B, I think it's the most viewed TikTok. <laughs> you know, she freaking, you know, she probably didn't spend more than, what, 20, 30 minutes on that, right? Like, yeah. That, that nod the head thing is quite an interesting video. <laughs> yes, yes. And by the way, I had nothing to do with the M to the B thing. Uh, my thing was the uh, the other one, the uh, the banjo beat. Okay. However it went, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and, yeah, it's amazing what goes well in TikTok. I mean, whatever you do, there's probably a market for it. And yeah. One of the things I want to look at is when you've when you've sort of got someone's attention and you're watching like maybe if you're doing a 15 second video, you know, watching maybe eight seconds or seven seconds. How do you make sure that they don't say, "Look, ah, oh, this is boring. I'm going to go off now." How do you keep them sustained to right. the end? Yeah. Okay. So how, how do we keep people watching to the end? Uh, and you, you use the example of a 15 second video, which I think is good. That's probably the most common time for a TikTok. Um, so here's the thing. There's, there's a, uh, in your analytics, and of course, if you don't have pro mode enabled, you should enable it so that you can see your analytics. So when you look at your analytics, it tells you your average watch time. And by the way, watch time, I believe strongly is the most important algorithm factor in order yeah. to, to see how many uh, people your, your video goes out to. So what I've seen for a 15 second video, you need to have 12 or more seconds of average watch time in order to get above average views for your account. Now this won't guarantee virality, it could, it could go viral. You know, there'll be a higher chance of going viral if you have a 15, 16, 17, 18 second average watch time. Um, but, you know, 12 second average watch time on a 15 second video should get you pretty good views for almost any account. Um, and okay, so that's easy enough to understand. How do we do that? That's a little bit harder to pull off. So it starts with a good hook in the first few seconds of your video. You have to hook people in, whether, whether it's um, something that you say something visual, something that they hear. Um, just give them a reason to keep watching. Even thirst traps do a decent job at this. Like, all right, this chick, uh, you know, is showing a certain part of her body. Let's see what else she's going to, you know what I mean? Like, 
there, there's a lot of different ways to do hooks in education. It's like, you know, watch this video. If you want to learn how to be a better uh, basketball shooter, you know, in comedy, you know, you, you kind of give the, uh, the intro to the joke. Right. Um, but what, what, what we see fail on TikTok is when people are like, hi guys, I just wanted to say, you know what I mean? Like people are swiping, people are going to swipe yeah. past that. You really have to cook people in quickly or they're going to swipe away. And then, okay. So that's the hook. That's going to keep them watching. Um, either, either they watch to the end or they get bored. So you got to kind of deliver on that hook at some point and you got to make people happy that they do, that they watch to the end, in which case they would like. And if they don't like TikTok's going to factor that in be like, Oh, people are watching this to the end, but they're not liking. So like, we're not going to show this to as many people. Um, so you actually have to like deliver on that hook in a good way. Okay. And <clears throat> what would you say are some, what would you say the main main things people should look for in terms of the hooks in terms of, cause I heard something about people have got to be disgusted or they've got to be really happy with it or they've got to be anger or stuff like that. Yeah, no, the, the, you don't have to do anything in particular with your hook. Uh, the one thing that you do have to do is g give them a reason to keep watching. So the, the reason could be, um, you know, watch this if you want to, like I said, be a better shooter or, just something interesting, like, all right, I'm going to keep watching this because um, it looks like something funny is going to happen, or it looks like something gross or dangerous is going to happen, right? Just give them a reason to keep watching. It doesn't have to be with words. It can be visual. It can be audio. Um, it can be cute. You know, it can be sexy. There's a lot of different things that can happen. How, how do you, what would you say is your advice for someone whose like, account is failing? Or like if they've if they've been on it a while and their account authority is really low, we just say just just ignore that and just keep producing good content and it will it will eventually go back up again. All right. If if somebody's account is failing on TikTok, they've been at it a while, they're not growing or they're not growing um you know, their growth has stagnated. Maybe they're growing at the same pace they were like six months ago and things aren't speeding up or something like that, or they were growing faster and then they stopped. I would take a really good look. I'll I'll, I'll tell you what I what I did. Um, I went through all my last 50 videos and I just did some tracking. I was tracking things like watch time. Again, watch time is the number one algorithm factor. And I, you know, I had some interesting, like probably no, I'm probably the only person on TikTok who does stuff like this, maybe one of five or something. But I, I literally tracked all my watch times and I, I noticed some interesting trends. I noticed my seven second videos had 100% success rate in being above average views, which is cool, but none of them went viral. I also noticed that my 13 second videos um, didn't have quite the same success rate, but out of 11 videos that I posted with 13 second um, length, 10 of them were, were above average and one went viral. One did 10 X my average, one did three X my average, two did two X my average. So um, I'm going to do more. I'm going to start doing more 13 second videos. Right. So that's the, these, these are things that I'm going to pay attention to. I also noticed that almost only one of my uh, videos above 20 seconds got like my 10, 10 X my average. Right. So it's just like um, just li li little things like that. Just really be honest with yourself. Stop, st everybody wants to blame the algorithm. Everybody wants to blame the competition. Everybody wants to blame what they look like or the conditions that they're in. But really, you know, when you point the finger, you got three more pointing back at you. So it's like, Everybody here should be doing everything that they can to ensure their success um, to the, you know, but not to the point of absurdity, just like do the things that you know you should be doing 
and you should be okay. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> what would you say is the biggest, sorry about that. No worries. Biggest, I look like Darth Vader there. Uh, <laughs> What would you say is the biggest, who, who would you say, who's who an example of someone that you've helped with their account where they've, you're like, oh my God, look how, how they've changed so much. The content's so much better. They've got so many more followers. Boom. I'm so happy about it. Uh, there's one, and I'm trying to see if she had changed her, um, changed her username or not, but her, her name was uh, Uncommon Travel Girl. That was, I'm pretty, pretty happy with her success. Uh, at uncommon travel girl i'm pulling her up to see if that's still her account but um she was under 100 followers and today she's like 75k um you know and she was you know she was struggling and we made a few tweaks and all of a sudden she started growing um there's one uh underscore base kitten she does like weeb and like raver stuff and uh, i think she was around somewhere in the five to ten range and today she's like three four hundred five hundred thousand something crazy like that just stuff like that. You know, there's this, there's this one guy, uh, Dan, he, you know, who's just stuck. His account was felt like it was stagnating. And then we finally found a way to make him grow. We found a formula that worked for him. I'm like, dude, milk it, milk it, milk it. And now he's at like, he's over 70,000. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, there's one guy, Elliot Sims. I did an account review for him. You know, he's verified over a million followers. I think he might be over 2 million now. Um, yeah. I could keep going, but. And one of the things that happens in comedy sometimes is we don't always, um, we can't always see our blind spots. And so like for myself, when I'm doing comedy, I often do better when I'm inviting groups or working with other people because they'll see the bits that I'm doing wrong. Now with sort of TikTok for people that aren't growing or who, are, who aren't succeeding, what's, what are the differences between someone that is doing really well on TikTok in terms of mindset of someone who is not doing so well on, on TikTok, would you notice in your clients? Um, whether it's my clients or just random people, like the people who are having the most success on TikTok generally are really targeting that younger demographic. Um, you know, it's almost safe to assume at this point, if somebody's getting millions of views on their videos consistently, it's a majority of those people are kids. Um, and I'm talking middle school and younger. Uh, and of course, here in the U.S., you know, middle school is sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Kids who are ten to like twelve years old, ten to thirteen years old. Like honestly, um, and, and that's why that's why it kind of doesn't make sense when we see like what is what are people so obsessed with this person? Well, it's kids. You know, kids. Um, they're very they're very eager to hit that like button. In fact, I've observed my daughter swiping TikTok, and she she liked every video that she came across on the FYP before she even watched it. I'm like this. You know what I'm saying? Like kids are, kids are just different. Right. Um, and so, uh, and then we, and when I see people struggling, typically they're going after an older audience. They're going after a more mature audience and, you know, it's just kind of a weird fit for TikTok. And um, I think that is going to change over time, but, but right now the kids, at least on the FYP are dominating. And that's why people in my niche who stay in my niche kind of struggle to grow because I have a more mature target audience. And that's why I haven't grown faster as well, by the way because I have a more mature um, kind of a smaller niche um, of content creators. Some of them are younger for sure, but for the most part, they're, you know, 18 and up. Um, and I've seen people in my niche switch and start making kid focused content. Next thing you know, they're in the millions of followers, like almost, you know, within months. 
So it's just like, that's, that's how quick the switch can happen. So um, for somebody in comedy, I would start thinking about maybe kids, um, but it's not like, I wouldn't necessarily say family friendly. There is a certain je ne sais quoi of, of TikTok of like middle schoolers, like feeling like badasses because they're, they're hearing all this kind of adult humor and they're not supposed to. There's something to be said about that. So it's like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing going on with that. Like, I, I don't see, like, super super family-friendly comedy doing particularly well on TikTok, I hate to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff. It's funny with the app. Like, there's a lot of funny stuff in there that definitely isn't child-friendly, but it still gets pushed up. <laughs> yeah, because because kids are like, oh, gee, my mom would never let me watch this, but since I'm on TikTok, nobody's going to know if I, just, if I just watch it and, <laughs> yeah, and swipe away, you know. That, uh, the illicit secret, and that's what makes them want to do it more. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's a uh, a little bit of a rebellion, and that, you know that's the age where kids start getting rebellious uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that that plays a role into uh, into everybody's views. So, it's great that you said that, and it's, I mean, yeah, with Bella Porch, I mean, she she's got millions of views not only off the M to the B, but she does a duet of the M to the B as well. <laughs> Bella Porch did a duet to her own M to the B. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean lately? Yeah. No, she did. Oh, yeah. She did one. Oh. It was quite. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure it worked. I'm sure it worked great for her. One of the things I want to look at. So, there's loads of fantastic con- content creators on TikTok. Like, there's one comedian called Candy Gigi, and she does a lot of prank calls. And then there's like angry reactions, who I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. There's all these sort of magicians and pranksters. How? duets and stitches one thing i found quite amazing about them is and you mentioned a bit earlier is the amount of views you get on them are more likely to be much higher than if you do it original most of the time and i think the reason for that the reason why duets tend to do better is because especially if you duet a viral video it's just because like even if your part sucks or your part is boring they they have something interesting that's kind of tried and true on the other side to watch and what would you say is there's a problem I've had when I tried doing juice and stitches. I'm not too sure how to make it entertaining in terms of what I do. How, what sort of mindset could someone have to make the most of juice and stitches rather than just doing, oh, there's big numbers, boom, I'll try it out. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of hit or miss for me. Like my, my most successful duets and stitches have been drama or, or reactions to people who are hating on me. That's, that's kind of what's worked for me. Um, <laughs> But in the comedy niche, uh, I guess this is outside of, you know, outside of duets and stitches, but in the comedy niche, one of my clients had success by, you know, putting some clips from her, um, her, you know, her standup and putting it in, in a really TikTok friendly way, you know, cutting out the boring part, getting right into the punchline. Um, and she, she just had her first viral video, 700,000 last I checked. We'll see where she goes from there. But, um, but yeah, but if you're in comedy, I recommend uh, considering putting some standup bits on there. With the, I think the uh, the crowd laughter gives some social proof, and that actually helps on TikTok. I've seen a lot of that. It's <clears throat> well, I just want to say um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Uh, two questions I want to ask you now are like, what have you been your biggest lessons in life through this journey, and how can people get in t- contact with you? Biggest lessons through the TikTok journey. Yeah, throughout your journey in life and where you become like, yeah, TikTok. Okay. Um, 
one thing I'm thinking about right now is just like, don't worry so much about what people think about you. Um, you know, people want to hate, uh, usually the people who are hating on you in the comments, if they saw you in real life, they'd come up to you and like compliment you and want to shake your hand. And they might even want to take a picture with you. Like people are always, people are always super tough behind the, uh, behind the comment section. But, um, you know, when you see them in person, they change a little bit. Um, so don't worry so much about what people think. Um, but that also goes for like the good. Like if they're really overly complimenting and you're like kissing your butt, you know, it's just like, cool, appreciate it. But like, I'm not going to like, don't, don't think you're like the next coming of Jesus or anything, <laughs> you know, you know, it's just like, cool. Take, take, uh, take it, listen to it, but like, don't overly value the good or the bad. Just keep doing you do, do what you know, it's right. And uh, everything's going to work out fine. And here's another, here's another big lesson for anybody trying to go on TikTok. The number of followers you have. Um, doesn't really actually matter that much. Like whether from the time I had like 30,000 followers and that, that's just picking a number out of my, you know, off the top of my head to the time where I'm, I'm nearing a million probably in the next month or two. Um, maybe, maybe faster. We'll see. But like, honestly, not that much has changed. Yeah. I get, I, yeah, I get more DMS. Um, most, most of the people who DM me are asking for a shout out. Right. And like, um, yeah, uh, I get maybe get a little bit more respect from my peers and like the people that I know in real life a, a little bit more. Um, but really nothing major has changed. So if you think your life is going to be majorly different with a million followers, the truth is it's probably not. Um, at least not with TikTok followers. That might be different with, with YouTube or Instagram. But I'll tell you, like, and yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting some brands reaching out to me for, for brand deals. And, and yeah, I'm making some money. But it's not like my life is majorly different. Like I'm still in the same home, um, you know, everything's pretty much the same, except I got a lot more comments to look at now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like really be thinking about, and, and yeah, I, I have built a business, a consulting business, and that's probably the biggest thing. I'm making more money from that. So I've built this TikTok consulting business. By the way, anybody interested in, in learning more about that, feel free to reach out. But I have a TikTok consulting business, which is helping with the money situation. But um, while it's making decent money, it's not like, majorly life-changing like i'm not flying around helicopters or buying a lamborghini or anything like that like i'm i'm a little bit more comfortable now <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so um and, and i was doing fine before so that's a bit it's a bit like um when you have a mac and cheese and you have the pasta and the cheese it's like a bit of salt and pepper on top you would say yeah 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 it, it makes life more fun it makes life more interesting but not not so much where it's like yeah groundbreaking stuff right it's just like oh this is a fun, a fun little hobby it kind of feels like a it, it kind of feels like a hobby that you make money with honestly yeah it's and I, I do enjoy it though i really do enjoy it yeah it's an interesting platform i mean it's 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 i mean they do take a lot of your data and i'm a bit in the security aspects but you know <laughs> yeah well that's going to be true on any social platform and uh, we'll see we'll see where they go We'll say that we'll see if the U.S. ends up banning it because uh, Biden is doing his own uh, review of the data usage and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think I think it's going to stay. To be honest, it is fishy though. With, with the stuff that I look, you know, the stuff they put in front of me, they're definitely sort of getting across some things that they shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, interesting. But um, yeah, just for anyone that wants to get a hold of you and like your social media handles, like. Just, just at Jeff Corrett, at Jeff Corrett on TikTok, um, at Jeff Corrett on Twitter, Instagram. 
And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or anything like that. I appreciate you having me on today. Fantastic. Um, well, take care and make the most of this difficult time. Hopefully, by the end of the year, everything will be back to normal. Sure hope so, man. That'd be great. Thank you.